Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Coming up in just a few moments, Ben Jones, stakehollers.com. Great to have you with us on the show today. Dick Girardi is still in Milwaukee. His flight already for tonight canceled. He's still there. Mm. You did offer, but you did mention before the end of the broadcast last night, you can ride back with us. Right, he could have. Yeah. But but I don't even think that would have been a good option. Because remember, for him to then get back, he'd have to drive through this. Yeah. So that's the, I mean, I think he actually made the right call staying. I told him that this morning. I talked to talked to him about this this morning. I said, you know, I said, I don't know. I said, I don't care how this turns out. You made the right call. I said, you couldn't drive through this. I said, this is much worse than what they predicted. Much worse. All right? And what makes it much worse is not the fact that, you know, his area is getting hit hard. We all knew his area was going to get hit hard. All right? What ended up is that this area got hit much harder than they said it was going to be. They said it was going to be a, a 0.2 to 1 inch here. Uh, we've got six. Went a little further north than they thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, but you see my point. For Dick, it would have been much worse to drive through it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they were closer to a foot down that way. Yeah. I mean, but he'd have to drive through Lewistown, through Harrisburg, through what I mean, that area, that whole area is getting belted. And probably take the turnpike then over to Philly. Forget it. Yeah, no. it can't. I mean, it's, it'd no. be really tough. Yeah. So I told him, I said, "You made you made the right move, staying." I said that to him this morning. Well, it turned out he then he, his flight got canceled to Newark at one. So he then rebooked Chicago to Philly. He was going to get the train to go to Chicago, and the train got canceled. So they've got. He's, yeah, he's still out there, and he's still going to be out there tonight. <laughs> so he's not going anywhere tonight. He's not going anywhere tonight. So another night at Mater's. For people who don't know, Mater's is the signature restaurant. Yeah. Uh, great German food. In downtown Milwaukee. Or if the Bucks are the Wilder at home tonight. Uh, the Bucks? I don't know if the Bucks are home tonight or not. Not sure. Didn't know if they made it back home after the Cavs game on Monday. Yeah, yeah, they got back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting back to Milwaukee. Milwaukee was clear. That's not the issue. Milwaukee is not an issue at all. But where he's going is an issue. All right. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Car up. Good. Penn State leads 85-80. In it goes down the far sideline. Howard. Howard pulls up. Deep three ball is short. And the Nutty Lion basketball team is going back to Madison Square Garden. And the NIT Final Four as they defeat Marquette 85-80 here in Milwaukee tonight. 
Six times in the history of Penn State basketball, they have played in an NIT quarterfinal. They have won all six. They will play Mississippi State Tuesday night. Time to be determined at Madison Square Garden in New York in the NIT semifinals. The other half of the bracket is being determined tonight. All right, Ben Jones, statecollege.com. A lot of ground to cover between spring football opening up, pro day yesterday, basketball last night, and it's great to have Ben with us. Hey, Steve, thanks for having me. Good. What were your takes on uh, James Franklin's press conference Monday, followed up by the uh, first few minutes of practice on Monday? Yeah, I mean, practice, it looks like, you know, this team knows how to stretch, judging by what we've talked about. Yeah, no, I mean, I think James Franklin sort of put a little between line points here that there's a lot of potential on this team, but at the same time, I think everybody knows that there are a lot of big names that are being replaced, a lot of people that, you know, we're so used to hearing from and seeing on the field that, uh, you know, I think to a certain extent, for all the good coaching that Penn State and James Franklin have done so far, I think this will be one of their their not tougher jobs, but certainly they will have to do a lot more coaching to get all of these guys up to speed. You look at a guy like uh, you know, Mika Parsons or Michael Parsons is coming in and, you know, they're going to put him at the middle linebacker position. That's a tough place to play as a freshman. It's a tough place to play mm-hmm. as a junior. Um, there's a lot of learning that's got to go on there, a lot of coaching go to go on there, and there's really that sort of story all across the field. So I think ultimately, uh, you know, James Franklin did a good job of saying, you know, there's plenty of reason to be excited for the guys that are coming back, and obviously a team that's got Trace McSorley is going to win a lot of football games, but I think at the same time, uh, you know, you hear the word potential thrown around a lot, and, and it's you know how this season goes will will be dictated by how much that potential turns into reality on the field. As part of that, what you think about the offensive line, or do you see more than just potential on the offensive line? I mean, I think there's no doubt that there's potential on the offensive line, and I think we've seen it. I also think it certainly it sounds a little crazy to say. I think Penn State's offensive line will be better off without Saquon being behind them because whoever they put out there be you know miles sanders or somebody else um that guy is not going to demand the same amount of tension as saquon did i think we saw especially in the second half of last year teams said we're going to put eight guys in the box we're going to keep saquon barkley from running the ball and you know when you don't have a numbers advantage on the line it doesn't matter how good you are you can only uh you know block so many people at once and i think you know because of that you're going to see penn state's off to be a little bit more balanced maybe they throw it a little bit more and i think ultimately uh, you know, I think all of the, the running backs that they've got coming in um, are plenty talented, but I think the fact that they're not Saquon Barkley is going to give defenses something else to key in on, and it, it might ultimately help that offensive line uh, because of it. What most interests you between now and April 21st when you see them play the blue-white game? Um, just, you know, how the development goes, because I think this is a big development year for Penn State. Like you know, like I said, with with Parsons at middle linebacker, with Lamont Wade moving to safety, um, you know, all of these guys, you know, stepping up into these roles to see how they do. You know, even Miles Sanders with little things. I think one of the things that we never really talked about with Saquon was the fact that he never fumbled, and and Miles Sanders, right. you know, has fumbled to his name, and most running backs do, frankly. But I think you know, Penn State's ability to take care of the little things and take care of those details. Um, you know, they're going to ask a lot of younger guys to be able to do what veteran guys have been doing. So I think just really between now and blue white is how are all, how is all the development going? How are guys stepping up into their newer roles? And, and, and what do they look like? You never want to put too much stock into the blue white game, but certainly there are bad things that you can see. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, just how these guys get older and more mature over the next 15 practices 
uh, will be interesting to watch develop. All right, uh, now let's get to pro day. Uh, now I, you're not obviously able, you're not able to stand out there at the forty yard dash and like take out your own stopwatch and time them. You're a distance, but what uh, stuck out to you about pro day yesterday? Um, you know, I think Deshaun Hamilton had to go in and had to run a good time, and he did. And obviously. You know, laser time and hand time, there's a reason why he didn't run at the combine, and there's a reason why he ran at pro day. But I think he, I believe they put up officially a 447 or a 449. Um, you know, that's, that's faster than I think a lot of people thought he was going to run. I thought, uh, you know, Troy Apke ran well, looked good out there catching the ball. I think ultimately, um, the fact that there wasn't a lot of news at pro day is probably the best thing for Penn State because I think all the guys that had to go out there, Saeed Blacknell, looked good catching passes. Um, you know, they went out there, they did the things that we've seen them do, and I think sometimes the pro day and combine, we put so much pressure on these guys to perform that, that sometimes you can, that guy can look great on film and then he has to go out and do something we've seen him do a hundred times before and he drops a pass or doesn't run a route as crisp as he could. Um, you know, so I think really the biggest thing for Penn State is all those guys went out. And for the most part, they look pretty much like we've seen them look for the past few years, which, you know, if you're a scout or you're a coach, um, that's a good thing because we all know that Penn State looked good on the field. And now they're looking good at the combine and pro day too. In your opinion, how much can a day like yesterday help maybe somebody like a Curtis Cothran or a Saeed Blacknell? Yeah, I mean, I think any time that you're a guy that is maybe not getting every down reps, and both of those guys kind of fall into that category of being on and off the field, um, any ability to go out there and kind of showcase what you can do, especially because I think both of them are more talented than their playing time led on. I think Blacknell in particular is just sort of a victim of there being so many targets on that offense and so many receivers and so many options um but you know i've always said throughout his career that if you if you wanted to pick one guy he's probably had a higher ratio of important catches to to just normal catches you know side blacknells has had as many big catches for penn state football over the past few years as, mm-hmm. as Deshaun or, or juan so i think for him to go out and uh, especially because he got overlooked a little bit in the offense at times for him to go out and, and be on the field and show uh, his speed, which I, he ran way faster than I thought he did, um, you know, or was going to. I think all of those things combined, um, you know, I'm sure. I think I saw him talking to the Dolphins afterwards, and you know, you can only put so much uh, stock into those conversations you see at a pro day. But there's no doubt, uh, guys like him and Parker Coster to be able to go out there and showcase their talents at the big day for them. Penn State basketball won last night at Marquette to advance to the NIT semifinals. Look at Mississippi State next Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden. What have been your thoughts watching this basketball team play in the month of March? Um, You know, I think anybody who's watched the other tournament knows that nobody is safe. And I think ultimately, you know, Penn State is playing as good of basketball as anybody right now. And I think they've gotten better as this tournament's gone along. I, I, you know, watching the Temple game, I never like to be the guy who says how much do these guys really care, but I think when you get into a rock fight like that, you go, uh, you know, do they really want to be in the NIT? And then they go to Notre Dame and play one of their better games of the season. Last night um, was as entertaining basketball game as you're going to get. You know, I think their ability to play without Mike Watkins, their ability to play without Bostic at times, their ability to, you know, Josh Reeves has been in and out of foul trouble. Um, They're just finding ways to win games and look good doing it these past two games i think when marquette went on that run last night in the second half or i guess in the third quarter as we're referring to it now um it was you know it seemed like that moment that maybe this was going to be at the end of the run that they might not have enough gas on the tank and then josh reeves comes out makes his first basket of the game at the big three lamar stevens um you know 30 points kind of speaks for itself 
these guys have been fun to watch, and they've been fun to watch all year. And I think you know they've showed the past three games, especially the past two games, why uh, you know they are an NCAA team with an NIT resume. And I think uh, you know they certainly are a team that deserves to go to New York and celebrate the kind of year they've had because they've certainly earned it. What do you think of the rules, Ben? Now you've seen three games with it like this. What do you think? Um, I mean, the quarters are kind of fun. I can't really put my finger on why exactly I feel that way, but I think it is a it's a good way to kind of segment the game up, and maybe it's just because I watch a lot of NBA, so I'm just sort of aesthetically used to it. Um, I like how the fouls have, have worked out the resetting of those things. I think the bigger lane is think nowadays, you know, and I don't like to be the – the, the guy who says we have to explain Steph Curry to our children, but I think certainly the three-point line has probably been extended for a lot of these guys um, before they actually did it on the court. So I, I think it's been all right. I think especially now that the timekeepers have figured out what's going on, it's much more palatable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think any time that you change some of the rules around, there's going to be a bit of a learning process and a little bit of a this looks different, so I don't know if I like it. But I think, you know, especially last night watching that game, none of those rule changes really occurred to me. Um, and I think ultimately if you're trying to make a sport better or different, um, if you can change rules and nobody notices, um, that's probably for the better. And to uh, and to help the timekeepers, I think everybody now has the proper equipment. That's That actually is the key. To the, pro- it's the proper equipment means everything. And I, For example, Baylor didn't have it. Baylor, Baylor, the first game of the tournament, could not recycle the 20 on an offensive rebound because they didn't have the equipment to do it and arrived. Yeah, that'll, I think I remember that the Temple game that we sort of had a joking over-under for the number of uh, clock malfunctions at the Jordan Center because bless those people's hearts, um, you know, there's occasionally uh, a faulty switch hit somewhere, even with the normal timing rules, and we got in a little over a minute and something already happened, but certainly... Uh, you know, if you've got the right buttons, that makes things a lot easier. <laughs> it does. Well, fortunately, we think we do. So thanks so much. Appreciate it very much, Ben, all the insight, because we went uh, from topic to topic with relative ease. Yeah, thanks for having me, Steve. And that's Ben Jones, StayCollege.com. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. So I've got a color analyst stuck in Milwaukee. <clears throat> it's not Jack Ham. He'd go. He'd go over. He would go over to Aaron Hills and start playing around, <laughs> uh, or find a winery, or both. Uh, <laughs> believe me, there's plenty of both. Right. Up there. <laughs> All right. So, 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 Dick. Dick texts me. I said, "I said, are you getting out?" He says, "Nope." Canceled the seven p.m. to Newark around one. I rebooked nine fifteen to Philly from Chicago, but as I was waiting for train to Chicago, they canceled that. Scrambling for tomorrow, nothing open from Chicago to anywhere in the East Coast at the moment. He said, "You were probably right. Charter was best option." And I told him this morning, "Not nah, nah, you to be driving through." Whatever he says, does United have a, a flight to State College? I said, yeah, from Chicago it does. Told him I looked up the flight. I said, I said it's there, but I'm not sure about seat availability. He's now texting me back as we speak. <laughs> this is an ongoing running <laughs> conversation here. Uh, Mr. Travelocity here. <laughs> oh, oh, believe me, no. Yeah, well, you don't think we. No. If anybody sits there and thinks for one second that 
we are we are helpless sheep that just go where they tell us to go wrong <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen okay you know, dick jack me we're like uh no <laughs> if we if there's something on there like no that's not how it's done uh because when you've done this as long as we have uh you don't sit there and go oh well you know maybe learfield can book it for us Wrong. <laughs> That's not how the ball game works, man. <laughs> Expense report. <laughs> okay, here's what. Oh no, no, no. Now that's what somebody. Uh, to be honest with you, um, we do. I mean, if I if I'm booking it myself, I I do take price into account. Because I know somebody else is paying for it. I would never book a single thing. Uh, With a whole bunch of upgrades. That, yeah. Th- that, yeah, that yeah. was out of the realm of, because I'm, you know, because th- that's unfair to the company. But do I know how to do it and how to get Yes. Uh, let's see. All right. So say college to Chicago. I said seat availability is a problem. He said nothing available right now. Trying to do everything online because you can't get anybody on the phone. If I could actually speak to somebody, I could make some progress. How much snow did you get? Still snowing. Okay, let's see here. Six inches. Let's see. And has stopped. There we go. We'll make it optimistic. Yeah, waiting for a phone call is not an option. Boy, you're probably talking an extra day or two for well, a phone call. Well, that's what I mean. He he wants to talk to somebody. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, this is where the customer service part. Look, you got to be able to talk to people. Yeah. You know, all this robotic stuff. Hello. Thank you. Here is our main menu. Okay. I always just, I skip the main menu. I always hit zero. Sure. Right? Because guess what that brings you? The operator. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Just, I just, oh. All this. Look, there's so many items that are such positives these days with how. Um, where I can go when I get. I got 47 pages, literally, of Mississippi State stats this morning. Now, that's because of, you know, how things are in our world today. I mean, it couldn't be any more convenient. But then you get stuff like this. Hey, you want to talk to a human being. I mean, you want to talk to a human being. And that's the frustrating part where you can explain what you need instead of the cold world that the suit's trying to drive us all into with digital media. <laughs> DJ's got <sighs> DJ's got time to kill. You want me to call him? Well he's on the show later in the week. Oh okay. Yeah. I wasn't we're, sure if you were, were thinking about it earlier or you know before the semifinal. Oh, no, game, no. So. no 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 we're good. No okay. he's on. Just had to get him out. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. You know, he's not going to be out by five, so I figured. You know, <laughs> he says flights pop up on app every once in a while and then disappear. It's like Jeopardy. Got to buzz in fast. 
<laughs> he just can't wait to get on a plane, and then as they're taking off, he can look back and go, I'm gone. I would say Alex Trebek. I, I texted him back. Alex Trebek would have answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're we're funny off the air too. <laughs> I texted him, I said Alex Trebek would have answered the phone and would have booked you. <laughs> When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, a productive news break. Looks like he's got an 8 a.m. to BWI tomorrow. That's Baltimore Washington International. It is not Blue White Illustrated. You figure by the time he flies in tomorrow morning, the main thoroughfares should be, uh, you know, plowed and all clear, and then he can. Well, he'll take the home. train. He'll take the train to the garden. Uh, he'll take the train to the garden, which, of course, Penn Station is underneath the garden. I mean, you know, people don't realize Madison Square Garden is actually on the fifth floor. You know, the actual playing area—it's on the fifth floor. You know. Now, of course, I guess I know I've done so many games in there, and I don't mean just recently. I've done a lot of games in my career in Madison Square Garden. And you take the world-famous, <laughs> maybe it's better said infamous, freight elevator. <laughs> uh, we were taking the freight elevator over the players like, wow, really? I said, hey, if it's good enough for LeBron, it's good enough for you. And they go, this is cool. This is LeBron's elevator. <laughs> Players were funny because they were singing New York, New York on the bus last night. And I'd like to point out, very, really, really painful. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, that's, you know, people always ask me, oh boy, what was the, what was the, what was the plane like after, you know, a big win football, basketball on the way home? And I always give the same answer every time. And the same answer every time is, uh, they ate and they fell asleep. They're exhausted. <laughs> I mean, they're exhausted from playing. Uh, so usually it's pretty quiet on the way back, regardless of how the game plays out. 
Well, last night they got on the bus, and that was a pretty lively group on the bus last night. And then before takeoff, it was a pretty lively group. Oh, and then the plane took off and everybody fell asleep, like they always do. So, yeah. Uh, Bonzi Colson, by the way, you talked about earlier in the show about him getting hurt, and it happened against Penn State. And it's, uh, I mean, it, it's a real shame. I mean, like, I mean, his eligibility's done. He's a senior, so it's this. This would not fall under his. What I'm about to say would not fall under Bonzi Colson. But I really do believe strongly that players should be given the option that if they enter the draft, and I've changed my mind on this over the years. I mean, it used to be for me, it was like, hey, look, you know, you make your own choices, didn't work out, move on in life. Now, seriously, I used to say that. And I've stopped that. I realized that in today's world, you have to take a lot of today's factors into account. Uh, so, I mean, and I, I've now taken into account how things are today. There are only 60 spots available in the NBA draft. That's it. And there are many more than 60 underclassmen that put their name in. And keep it in. It's not just putting your name in. I mean, you can withdraw your name this time. The the date this year is June 11th that you can, you know, the last day to withdraw your name from the NBA draft. So there'll be a lot of people that will put their names in. And that's perfectly fine. You want to get an evaluation from talent evaluators. And believe me, the talent evaluators are not going, they're not trying to recruit you. <laughs> okay. Please come to Milwaukee. No. <laughs> that's not what they're trying to do. They will give you honest answers about, okay, you need this, 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 and you're doing great with this, this, and this. You know, their reputations are on the line if they pick you as individuals. So you've got to be able to. You know, listen to what they say. And the same thing with the NFL. I've now changed my mind. I think, you know, this is something that's come up before. Steve Kerr brought it up. And I completely agree with it. If a player is drafted or goes undrafted, if a player goes undrafted, they should be allowed to go back to school if they wish. Uh, and if they are picked and don't like where they're picked, say for example, you thought you could be. Let, let's take. Let's just do an NBA example. Say for example, you're drafted in the first round, and it's guaranteed money. I, I want to say the guaranteed money is at least three years, maybe four. I, I think it's four now. Guaranteed money. Okay. But the second you cross over to the 31st pick, which is the second round, it's all different. Well, say you thought you were going to get picked, I don't know, pick a number 28, and you end up getting picked 44. I think you should have the right to to go back to school, and the team that picked you 44 retains your rights for 364 days until the next draft. Which means that when your next season is over with, 
they can negotiate with you to be on the club. If they don't do it by the day before, like 4 o'clock before the next draft, then your name goes back into the draft. I think the same thing in football. If either you don't get picked or you don't like where you got picked as an underclassman, you should be allowed to go back to school and play. Now, if you're asking what does this do for coaches in recruiting, you're allowed 85 scholarships in football. How many times, Sean, during the course of the fall and maybe the end of spring, do you see those videos of walk-ons getting scholarships? During the fall. During the fall, like preseason, or uh, in the spring, where suddenly, I mean, how many videos do you see a year that teams that schools put out showing a walk-on getting a scholarship in that moment? Right? It happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. It happens a lot. Especially during the spring, I would think. Right. But, yeah. like, you know, remember Vaughn Walker? Yes. Yeah, it happened with Vaughn Walker. I mean, look, Desi Davis got one in the spring. Now, why did they get those scholarships? Oh, I don't know, because they had them available. They didn't fulfill their 85 limit. A lot of schools are not at 85. Now, they're close, but they're not exactly at 85. So there's still room for example, if a guy has eligibility remaining, now a wild example, let's take Saquon Barkley. Say Saquon Barkley doesn't get picked next month. Now you and I both know he's but he should be allowed to come back to school. Now he'll be off the board within minutes. So I figure we'd use a wild example. Or say, for example, he got he got picked in the fourth round. He thinks, man, I'm a first round talent. I'm going back. They should be allowed to do that. There should be some room and some area in there that allows that to happen to give the student-athlete that option. And I think that's something that needs to be talked about and considered. Even if they get an agent or not? I think that's going to be looked into, too. Because I think if you're going to allow a student-athlete the ability, say they want to allow them to capitalize on their likeness, uh, I'm being used in a video game. I'm doing a commercial for a car dealership or a radio commercial for something, or my likeness is used in a television ad. Uh, what about the ability to do an autograph show? Don't you need somebody to manage your manage that part for you? Instead of you just doing it on your own? Just, I mean, I, these are things I think that need to be considered where you loosen things up a little bit in the game. I I think it's time to loosen things up. And it it doesn't affect a lot of individuals. As I've pointed out many times, how many football players do you think it's going to affect? Two to five on a team? Maybe? Basketball, one, two... Maybe three at the most. I mean, you have if you have that you know kind of potential marketability, and people stay as stars uh, throughout their lives at, at universities. For example, the color analyst last night for 
Marquez, Jim McElvain. Well, Jim McElvain is still a big deal at Marquette. He hadn't played in years. Now he had, you know, he had a few cups of coffee in the NBA. But at Marquette, he's like, hey, Jim McElvain, he was great for us. They love you know, you know, well, he established his name there. So you're, you're still going to, I mean, you have to, you know, the agent part is tricky, but it also is something that needs to be discussed. Because if you're going to allow likeness and autograph shows and things like that for the few that can get them, do you, don't you need somebody that, that, that can manage it for them? At least it's something to think about. And, uh, you know, so it's something to consider. And again, I see where you're coming from. Um, but I think you've got to give more leeway here. Far more leeway. Now, what does it accomplish by letting them capitalize on their likeness? Well, number one, it accomplishes you, the university, not paying them as if they're an employee. It allows them uh, the ability at outside income while you are while you are still allowed to give them cost of attendance, and there are certain individuals that also qualify for Pell Grants that don't count against your scholarship. Now, I was talking with Paris Palmer today, and Paris Palmer is somebody that, you know, he's giving it one more shot, and he actually he actually worked out pretty well. I was talking to Paris today about all of this, and he thought everything was over for him. But he wanted to give it one more shot because he didn't want to get to the age of 30 and feel like um, feel like he had any regrets. All right. But he was also talking about, well, to get back in the game, yeah, he can use certain things here, but, you know, he had to get his own nutritionist. He had to get his own strength and conditioning program. Now, all these things that I talk about that a college athlete gets while in school are things that are not taken into account when it talks about what the college student-athlete gets. You get free weight, weight training. You get free strength and conditioning. You get free speed coach. You get a free nutritionist. You get a, a free sports performance professional. You get a free position coach. You get a free head coach. You get a free practice facility. You know, I mean, all these things that you're getting, that all of these things you'd have to, you'd have to rent out a practice facility unless you snuck into a high school. You'd have to, you'd have to pay a strength and conditioning coach, a sports performance person, a nutritionist. If you're doing it right, you'd have to pay all these people. Sometimes that's not taken into account. What do you, you know? And the part about paying players. Uh, you look at the Penn State numbers that they put out, and the Penn State numbers that they put out are going to show you, uh-huh, see, look, they made a $5 million profit. It's a rainy day fund. And the bottom line is is that when I look at the budget, maybe you look at it as a profit. I look at it as they stayed above water, and they used almost every dime of it and put it back into the uh, players. Almost every dime of it, whether it's facilities or whatever it happens to be, they put all that 
money back into that. And that's not taken into account. Now, if there's a way for them to earn some outside income legally, I say let them have that opportunity to do it. It takes the burden off the university or the athletic department to to pay. And then giving them the option to go back to school, I think that also shows that you want to work with the student-athlete and give them options. Oh, by the way, can I get to one? i got to get to one last really ridiculous, poorly researched piece of alleged journalism. All right? And that is the highest-paid employee in every state. We'll come back and talk about that in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, did you see the annual article on highest-paid state employees? Okay, so they put out this article, highest-paid state employees. Okay. And when they do, who is the highest-paid state employee in Pennsylvania? You can obviously guess. It is listed as James Franklin. Okay. Okay, well, here's one for you. James Franklin isn't paid by the state. He is paid out of the athletic department funds. All right? Because Penn State's athletic department is one of the seven athletic departments that has to be happens to be autonomous. Which means what they bring in is what they use to pay. And again, his number is to what he's paid. There's a base pay and then there's other elements to it, okay? And I read articles like that and like now, and I don't know what pension plan James is on. I'm not going to ask him. It's none of my business. But he very well might be on the uh, on Sears, which would be if yeah, you know, if he is, that puts him on the state pension plan, which puts him in the state directory. Okay, and I see stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, while it's an intriguing story to look at. It's not accurate. He's not paid by the state. And that's, I mean, I see stuff like that. It just it just bothers me because it's, because it's not accurate. And it's just too much haphazard, just it looks good, so I did it deal. And I'm getting sick of, I'm getting sick of looking at stuff like that. I don't know about you guys, but I am. Where you look at it and go, the heck, who wrote this? Oh, well. That's why you just start looking at stuff going, okay, forget it. I'm not going to bother reading it anymore. (laughs) Oh. 
Now, what bothered me is I didn't know the suit had a state job. He was listed as fourth. Oh, wow. That's what we said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, how'd that happen? I I was looking for, like, you know, like deputy executive directors or, you know, people that work for Department of Human Services or, you know, vice presidents and provosts of, you know, that are in the state system colleges or... Right. Various corporals or senior senior, senior right. managers. Or... All right. I, I don't know. It just he got in there. It, it really it, it's an amazing life, don't you think? Yeah. I, mean, I think it is. Well, it was kind of like that it. group of Penn State football fans for years and years. It was kind of like you know that burning question: hmm, well, How much does Joe make? You know, what, man, he could possibly be making this figure, that figure. It's you know, it was kind of a not like a you know folklore for like years and years as to yeah. Hmm. But you 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 want to know why they did that? They used his name because it then opened the door to get all the other salaries. Oh. How about that one? Now we know the rest of the story. That's why it was done. Ain't like it's that's uh which it did. Which it did. All right. Frank Bodani tomorrow. Dick Girardi coming up as well. Monday and Tuesday shows at minimum, will be from New York. Penn State in the NIT Final Four. Mississippi State, Tuesday night. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.